Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long-distance besties everywhere. I'm Amina Tussauds. And I'm Ann Friedman. Okay, before we get started, important reminder. Mere weeks from now. We will be doing a live show at the Ace Theater in downtown LA on August 18th with some incredible special guests who we have yet to announce. (laughs) But it's selling out. It's selling out really fast, so... Buy your ticket now. Oh my gosh, because we would love to see you there. We're like doing a VIP thing for the first time ever. There are like drinks and lots of good vibes. And it is the perfect destination event if you do not already live in LA. Yes, please come see us in LA. I'm so excited about all our friends that um, are coming from San Francisco and even one from New York. Oh my god. It'll be really fun, and we're super excited to see you August 18th at the Ace Theater in downtown L.A. Look it up on callyourgirlfriend.com and uh, buy your ticket. Yeah, it's linked on the events section of our website. See you in L.A., baby! Yeah, see you IRL in Los Angeles. Hi, Anne Friedman. <laughs> hey, Aminatu. So, what's up? <laughs> Not much. Hello from New York City. Mm, like smelly, muggy New York City. <laughs> no, actually, like. Is it pretty today? I was at Le Labo today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I look good. I smell good. <laughs> I'm not tell with the subway yet. Which number Santal? Which number Santal are you wearing? <laughs> um, you know, I'm trying to stay away from the Santals, <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm exploring some new scents. So it's yeah, it's been a good morning. You know, I have never had a signature scent. I've always wanted to be a woman with like a scent, and I've like never really invested in trying to find the right one. This is, oh man, this is really funny. So it's like my, (laughs) because my dad is like a, you know, like business traveler, TM, my entire life, probably like, uh, like whenever my dad gets back from a trip, which is probably like every other week when I was growing up, you would get a new, you would get from duty free, a bottle of perfume, (laughs) um, Every couple of months, you would get a watch, like a new swatch, and also like obscene amounts of Toblerone. <laughs> oh my <laughs> so, god! So <laughs> I've been like battling like perfume issues since probably I was like ten years old, and like what my signature scent is. In the last couple of years, I'm like, oh, I don't have like a designer perfume anymore. And I'm just like trying all of these weird, you know, like I'm going to say it. I just don't trust American people with like sense. And so wow. like my explore, <laughs> my exploration of all of these weird new coming stores. And to be fair, like Lolobo is not American, but it's like very huge here. I mean, make um, America smell great again. Like <laughs> I know, but it's, it's really the heart of my struggle right now. And it like every time I'm in one of these stores, I'm like, where is my dad? Like buy me a new perfume, please. <laughs> it's like I had no idea how expensive like 
like Chanel perfume was because I was like blessed with it. It's so expensive, but like I really, there is something that is like learned femininity for me. That I think that all of this is also informed by the fact that my mom does not wear any makeup, not a lick of it, and owned no perfume or anything. So it was this very like exoticized other thing. And I sort yeah. of always thought that like by the time I was like a grown woman, I would have like a bottle of perfume that sat on my dresser or whatever. And I just like never committed, never yeah. achieved my it. Mom was, my mom was like very chic. It's like I knew that like on weekdays she wore Anais Anais on, <laughs> you know, like it's like her, it's like I can visualize her dresser now. And that's such a like African like woman thing. And so I, I always feel like I don't live up to it. But, you know, I love a good scent. Wow. Until, who, who knew that this is where this conversation was going to go today? My scent insecurity. I know. Because <laughs> you try to shade New York City to keep it real. That's true. It's true. You know, I mean, I am smell prejudiced against New York City. <laughs> it's okay. I, like, live in San Francisco where it's awful. I mean... Anyway, well, um, yes. Anyway, I know this really um, is like a luxury. Like, what do we say? Like, in a treat yourself update, like luxury indulgence yeah. update from you. <laughs> oh man, my man. Let me tell you, I what have I bought? I bought these like. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've bought a lot of like luxurious items recently. I bought these like fawn babouche that are like I'm waiting for in the mail right now oh from Brother God. Valley's, and I'm very excited about them. They're uh, yeah, vegan people. Please don't email me. Uh, <laughs> I'm like legit wearing like a calf on my my foot. I'm very excited about it. What else? Oh my um, God! I can see of, like, Gina in the booth applying perfume. Sorry. <laughs> And it good, like, uh, yeah, it's like I've been, like, my uniform this summer is tent dresses. So I've just been wearing, like, good mm. tent dresses. Friend of the podcast, Marissa Meltzer, has been uh, sending me, like, good shopping recommendations. So it's good to be in the same city to try those together. Okay, this is the perfect transition because friend of the podcast, Marissa Meltzer, wrote an incredible dispatch from, I don't, what do you even call this? Like, some kind of lady retreat? From a cult, and she like a wrote a dispatch from a cult. <laughs> I mean, so I had a hard time connecting the dots to cult. I won't lie; like it definitely sounded what? like an annoying retreat. I know. Sorry. Okay, let's we'll go through the bullet points. Tell me. <laughs> well, okay, it is a group of mostly white ladies gathering in Mendocino County to basically appropriate a variety of other traditions of spirituality, and like what get in touch with some sort of feminine essence is that like a good summary yes marissa went to the fourth annual spirit weavers gathering so this is like a three day or like two day long like weekend long like summit in the woods and honestly like so she wrote this for harper's bazaar and i had to read it twice before i could even communicate like what i was thinking because i didn't want to miss anything i also had to read it twice <laughs> There was a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot. There was a lot going on. Can you break down for the people at home? Well, there's a lot of things. I mean, there are things to like, like flowing silky garments and like, you <laughs> You're know. You're already being an apologist for these people. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm starting where the article, st I'm starting with my, I'm they basically this is my personal emotional journey, right? I started with an open mind and was like, I also like to hang out with groups of women in flowing garments. And then it just sort of and slowly breaks down. you need down. to start out with the fact that this thing costs $700 to go to. 
sure. I don't know how to put this, but I feel like any weekend retreat with lots of vegan food options cost that like minimum. Like I was not that surprised by the dollar <laughs> Listen, amount. I'm sorry. I, the, the dollar amount to me is the red flag. Not in the sense that like I don't think that that stuff is not worth $700. But it's really interesting that people who purport to be about like feminine and like ancestral ways and energy, it's like very commercialized. <laughs> Oh, yeah, of course. It unravels from there. I mean, I feel like maybe the best way is to just pick out a few details, such as when one of these women believes she can communicate with, like, Tinkerbell-style forest fairies, and she is calling (laughs) everyone into solidarity with the forest fairies, which, like... I can't even imagine being someone who thinks that imaginary tiny forest creatures are an issue of pressing concern in this, like, political moment. (laughs) I know. Can I read Marissa's line about this? Because it made me laugh so hard. We all pick and choose what we believe, but what I thought about with my dry eyes as women cried over tree reparations (laughs) was that the oppression of fairy folk is pretty far down my personal list of priorities for getting the world in order. (laughs) Yeah. I, I struggle a lot with this because in one way, I'm like happy that there are spaces that women can like truly be themselves. You know, honestly, if you're all about like, ecstatic ovulation and fertility like by all means please but I think that the thing for me that this stood out so much of is how much of femininity is performed just like we were talking about in our you know like little perfume interlude totally and the second thing is also just like how hungry just like white people are for culture yeah just thirsty to the max I'm like, you can't embrace your Hungarian values, so you have to, like, I don't know, just, like, make up, like, a weird, like, you know, like, mashup cultural touchstones of everybody else. There's something about it that is so gross to me and just... Or, like, ugh. your Protestant upbringing did not come with very good accessories, so you need to, like, find a spiritual tradition that, like, is more aesthetically attuned to what you're into it's right now. It's so insulting. And the thing is that, like, I'm not a religious person or even, like, a spiritual person, but I just, yeah. like, find it so insulting when people do this kind of stuff. It's, like, commodify 10 separate religions and then, like, make it into your weird mashup thing and then, you know, wear a flower crown to, like, top the whole thing off. I'm just like, why people? What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, it is really interesting because there is something about, like, the perceived void that is white culture. You know, for me, it's so funny, like, reading this, especially during that, like, fairy convo or things that feel so far out of the realm of my, like, intelligent, logical brain. I mean, that is totally how I feel about my Catholic upbringing. I'm just like, you're going to really sit here and tell me that this, like, <laughs> wafer is the body of a guy that lived... You know what I mean? Like, so they're... they're Transubstantiation. I Hello. Mean, <laughs> like, wasn't going to pull out the catechism on you, but yeah. And it's, it's funny. So, like, I get totally. I'm missing the God gene as well. Like, I never had it. I have never once believed in a higher power or anything. And so I think when I read this, I have the same difficulty making the leap to forest sprites and like letting your menstrual blood flow into the earth as an offering as I did with like showing up to confess my sins to a priest. Like it feels the 1, same to me. And and so but what I think is really interesting is there are clearly a lot of 
women full stop, but like I think in this case, primarily white women, like who don't see them as the same thing. And that kind of blows my mind. You know, Marissa touches on on this piece, like in a couple of places, just how white this gathering is. But like, clearly there are some people of color there, yeah. you know, like a smattering of them. I would love to read like their version of this article. And I think that the other thing that this made me so aware of while I was reading this is why, you know, it's like people write us a lot about this and we, you know, like our skepticism around Etsy vagina products and, (laughs) you know, like that whole cottage industry. Right. The the limits of our like new age consumption. (laughs) Totally right. And for me, like that starts at Diva Cup, right? I'm just like, that's the slippery slope. And I hear you, Diva Cup ladies, soft cup ladies, live your best life. But I realize that for me, you know, like in the same way that I'm really skeptical about organized religion, I'm skeptical about like this kind of stuff. Yep. And menstrual products really are the big indicators of like how far I'm willing to go down this rabbit hole. Yeah. It gave me a lot to think about, like about, you know, my own biases and the things that I am really dismissive of. Because I understand why like women gather like this. (laughs) Society sucks and the, you know, like medical industrial complex is awful. And what, you know, like there's so many reasons psychological and historical and even just like practical why people do things like this but at the same time I'm just like I don't know that this is the answer yeah and I think that too I mean if I'm going to argue with myself and that point about like why wouldn't I just go back to Catholic Church instead of like going to the spirit weavers thing in the forest is like yeah it's true that a lot of traditional organized religions are pretty derogatory on the subject of what women are capable of or like how powerful they are or what roles they're able to fill. You know, and Marissa gets into sort of the downsides of getting super, super into praising the traditionally feminine, mainly like everything kind of then defaults to like biological womanhood, you know, motherhood and like the the very, the very like basic physical functions historically associated with being a woman. It's a womb worship. It's like yeah. what they're doing. And and I just, yeah, that does not sit well with me either. It's like, can we have a middle ground? <laughs> you yeah, know? it's like, first of all, like, not all women have these, like, reproductive organs that you, like, totally. are worshipping. And again, it's like the the performance of it is like really interesting. And she gets into this, right? It's like, uh, and I look through the Instagram of this place. It's like the aesthetic is like one, it's just like, very beautiful women, like very thin with like long hair, you know, like I went to a like craft festival in Topanga Canyon once. I know, like, I know yeah, what this looks know, like. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, this is some Charlie Manson shit, like mm-hmm. <laughs> all over again, like aesthetic vibes. And it's like, what happens if you don't present that way? Like, does that mean that like, you know, like uh, womb worship's not for you and that you don't deserve to sit in a Mongolian yurt surrounded by Moroccan rugs, <laughs> just like braiding each other's hair. Yeah, it's like weird. It is weird to think about then, like where the lines are, right? Like if I gen, I like I am someone who generally thinks that gatherings of women can be a really powerful and supportive and like safe space. But it's like obviously that can go so far as to be like not that anymore. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like you you go so far in one direction, you're back where you started. I know it's a delightful read, though. Some of the details are hilarious. It's like. Mar- Marissa, like, running away to her tent to, like... (laughs) To watch Unreal on her laptop. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> just like I can't believe they have Wi-Fi. It's Spirit Weavers. I mean, like, what are you? What are you supposed to do with that? My so, version of womanhood definitely accounts for binge watching on a laptop. Like that is acceptable. <laughs> I know. I just, man, it's like I really want to get down with like you know my like hippy dippy natural sisters, but. At the same time, it's like when you're black, it's really easy to be skeptical of all this shit. So, yeah, or <laughs> like, like I said, I if, you're missing, if you're missing the God gene, full stop. It's like I there are there are aspects of like community building and things that I think are important, but it's also like yeah, like I can only go so far with you down that path. Yeah, I'm like people have been trying to get me to go to Burning Man for years. Like Spirit Weavers is definitely not going to happen. Wow. <laughs> we'll see okay i think that was also swiftly along i think that was also (laughs) inadvertently this weekend menstruation actually (laughs) oh is going on um enemy of the podcast (laughs) mike pence (laughs) governor of indiana is uh the running mate for ivanka's dad dog i know i mean it is true i mean he is truly like a like cartoon level terrible villain but like he looks like a bond villain like he actually (laughs) does He's slightly doughier than your standard Bond villain, don't you think? Like a uh, little bit, a little bit jollier. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna give credit where credit is due. The man looks svelte. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? But let's not forget he's an idiot. I um I was watching his interview on uh, 60 Minutes with Trump and Leslie Stahl. Who like shout out to Leslie Stahl, man? That lady's been interviewing people for I don't even know. She just, like, couldn't handle any of it. This is the best, like, it's the best 60 minutes I've ever seen in my whole life. Because, first of all, they're sitting on these, like, gold gaudy chairs. There's, like, Persian rugs all over the floor. It just looked like a scene straight out of, like, Saddam Hussein, like, textbook. (laughs) I'm like, I'm I'm African, and I'm really offended at this whole scene. Like, ornate interview setting. Yeah, it just looked like my grandparents' living room. Like, the living room that we're not allowed to sit in. Because, like, that's where our, like, potential suitors will come one day. Like, that. It's like, people who are immigrants will get that reference. My grandma has a room I wasn't allowed to sit in. <sighs> it's just like crazy but like totally. everything is gold and just like it's, it was so tacky and I was like where did you get this first of all this is so offensive and Trump would not let Pence like he would not like give him like one word I don't it was the kind of thing where I was like you know what like Mike Pence says that he's a Christian like what's his line he's like a I'm a Christian I'm a Christian a I'm conservative and a Republican in that order and a Republican <laughs> in that order and I was like you are the most hypocritical of like anybody who says that they're a Christian like a Jesus fearing Christian and they support uh, Ivanka's dad or <laughs> I'm like you are the biggest hypocrite in the world like this person is crazy if you haven't seen this interview, Anne, it's 20 minutes, but you should listen to it because you will die. It's so funny. It's like Leslie Stahl is like, well, Mike Pence voted for the war in Iraq. Like Hillary Clinton did too. And then Donald Trump goes, he's like, he's allowed to make a mistake once in a while. <laughs> he's, he's like, do you think you'll listen to him? And he's like, yeah, sure. Why not? Like he just like, they're both so dopey and you know, 
the marriage is going to end poorly. It's like whether they win or lose, like it will end badly. Oh my God. Also, have you seen the headlines this week about Mike Pence's comments um, about Mulan when it was released? Yeah, promoting women in combat. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I like deeply identified with that because, I, you know, I went to a really religious like Christian high school and we weren't like sometimes... We weren't allowed to watch like even Disney movies for like, you know, like witchcraft reasons mm. or whatever. But like Mulan was a very divisive one. We watched Mulan like three times and then somebody was like, this is too much. Yeah, there's a <laughs> lot of like, like honor and family, like pros. Yeah, it's like, we're, yeah, it's like I'm like a 17 year old and the only thing I'm allowed to watch at boarding school is Mulan and then they take that out of the rotation. It's, <laughs> this is like insane. So I'm very familiar with like this level of evangelical hypocrite towards Mulan. The thing that it made me think of is you know how like Disney princesses are the most reclaimed pop culture thing like there's a billion <laughs> listicles that are like Disney princesses 100. remade like actually like racially reflective of the makeup of the world Disney princesses rewritten to be super powerful <laughs> and like not you know enthralled to male characters like there's like a whole rundown of like like reclaiming and I'm just like <laughs> in some ways I'm like okay like those people definitely agree with Mike Pence change some Disney princesses and you can like change hearts and minds um can we talk about karen pence though please um our future second lady (laughs) stop don't even say that i can't (laughs) just in the new york times profile this week of like who mike pence is there uh was this like very charming like situation so this article is like about Mike Pence and Ivanka's dad and Ivanka's stepmom. But so anyway, it's like, even their wives are cut from different cloth. Mr. Pence's wife, Karen, a former elementary school teacher, sells distinctive towel charms <laughs> at, a com- at a company she created called That's My Towel Charm. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Trump's wife, Melania, a former model who has posed naked, markets a line of gold jewelry and timepieces branded with her name. So Melania is like selling like legit jewelry and uh, the New York Times like fails to recognize that like Karen Pence is selling wine charms. Yeah, they're $6.25 a piece and promise to help you keep your towel distinct from other beachgoers towels. Yeah. Also, do you think that like really she was like because they're religious, they can't sell wine charms. So she had to make it into a towel charm. I don't know. Actually, I, what do these look like? I'm like doing a. I'm going. Oh my god! I'm looking at them now, and I'm dying. There's a baseball glove one. <laughs> there's a clam towel one. There's a hot dog. Oh my god! I'm getting you the hot dog. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> most god. of us. Here's the thing. Most of Ooh, us have pizza. Oh yeah. Most of us have matching bath and beach towels, so it's easy to get them confused. Who is? <laughs> beach towel confused with somebody else. Also, who is us, Karen? Oh, and when you go to the website, the That's My Towel Charm website, towelcharm.com, it says, thanks for your interest in towel charms. The business is currently on hold, much like your husband's campaign soon will be. Oh, Fingers crossed. <laughs> and these, these quotes are killing me. I've had so many times where I was swimming at a friend's beach house, pool, or lake house <laughs> using their matching beautiful beach towels. Lo and behold, I would go in the water for a dip and up to the house for a beverage. And when I came back, my towel, it was gone. Someone else had grabbed my towel unknowingly because all the towels look the same. 
This is not a problem people have. Also, they're working so hard to be like, we're normal Americans. Like, we go to Chili's even in New York. And then you confess that you hang out at lake houses all the time? Like, get it together. These are contradictory. (laughs) You know how Midwestern people are. They all have that secret money. All of them. I mean. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm going to let that one go. (laughs) Uh, All Karen wants is a towel of Karen's own. (laughs) Just let Karen have it. I mean, yeah, uh, I, this lady. I can't believe these people are like trying to be our president and vice president. Like, you can't have a towel charm company and be a second lady of America. Like, get your shit together. I mean, I think you can kind of do whatever you want. Like, Mike Pence also in two thousand was like, smoking doesn't kill. <laughs> So, like, I feel like, seriously, like, he said, quote, that concerns about the lethal impact of smoking are a product of hysteria from the political class and the media. (laughs) Yeah, Mike Pence is also the man who signed a bill that, like, women had to pay for their own um, fetus, uh, like, funerals. Right. Um, He's, like, a bad person. Right. He's a bad person. And he's, like, also the person where, like, during Hurricane Katrina, when Congress was like, maybe we should throw some money at Louisiana because this situation is serious, he like literally said something to the effect of like, I love the people of New Orleans, but I don't think that this like relief should like bankrupt the rest of the country. Like he's a bad person. He's also at the forefront of like like kind of like the post I don't know the stealthy like anti gay rights move of passing laws that allow private businesses and employers and like healthcare providers to refuse to serve anyone who is LGBTQ just because it's like against their beliefs that those people exist. No, he's like definitely one of those like culture warriors. He like claims that like liberal culture is the problem. And I'm like, no, you're literally a bad person, Mike Pence. We're going to send Mulan to take you down. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know. If you're listening to this podcast and your parents are voting for these people, remember to tell them these people are bad people. Oh my God. We need to talk about the other scandal rocking our nation. Um, oh my God, there's so many. Which one? I'm talking about Kimye versus Tay-Tay. Oh, this is this is so perfect, and because literally just now somebody tweeted at me this. I'm behind on CYG, but I thought you were a T Swift fan. Question mark. Ooh. Was curious which side you would take in this whole thing, TBH. TBH, I'm only on my side. <laughs> and uh TBH, I'm only on the side of the truth. <laughs> so And what is the I, truth? <laughs> I enjoy both Kanye and Taylor's music for very different reasons. And you know what? I pay them enough money to enjoy that, that when they do stupid shit, I can comment about it on my podcast. Please. That's what the money is for. Hold forth. So so here's what's going on. It's like, I don't know. Um, People are going to hear this podcast on Friday. So probably by the time that you hear this, like... You know, who knows? People might be in jail. Like, it'll be a lot has happened. But as I've <laughs> gone to like as, federal court for wiretapping or something. Oh my God, just wait. As of Monday afternoon, here's where things stand. 
If you are a Kanye fan, you already know this. And if you are a Taylor fan, you're like vaguely aware of the song on Kanye's album called uh, Famous with the lyrics. I think that me and Taylor might still have sex. I made that bitch famous. Those are the lyrics. The lyrics that launched a thousand Snapchats. <laughs> if you recall... Years prior, Kanye like snatched a VMA out of Taylor Swift's hands and said that Beyonce deserved the award for all the single ladies. 2009 feels so long ago. And we were all so young and innocent then. I know, I know. My God, th- these, were, these were simpler times. But so anyway, that was in 2009. They like kind of dealt with it and they were like fake award show friends. And Kanye thought that it was like, their relationship had moved on to the point where he could write the song. <laughs> the song comes out. Everybody is like, oh, darts have been thrown. Like, what's going on? One Taylor Swift issues a statement about the song where she, like, basically claims that she never approved the lyrics and that she has warned Kanye not to release the song. And it also contains a line where she's like, like kind of being finger-waggy, like, don't say misogynistic things. I forget the exact wording, but the statement is also like, oh, on no, behalf no, don't of worry. We're gonna, we're gonna, Yeah, we're going to get to there, where it's like, I'm, I've pulled up the statement. It's from her publicist, Tree Payne, <laughs> who uh, has my favorite name in all of publicity dumb, but also maybe has the hardest job this week. <laughs> Kanye did not call for approval, but to ask Taylor to release his single Famous on her Twitter account. She declined and cautioned him about releasing a song with such a strong misogynistic message. Taylor was never made aware of the lyric, I made that bitch famous. Fast forward after the statement, there's a Grammy award where Taylor wins many Grammys. Oh, she wins a Grammy like the day after the album drops, essentially, Uh, because all of life is dramatic and timing is perfect. Suspiciously perfect. (laughs) I know. And then Taylor says during her award speech, like many feminist things, including this line, there are going to be people along the way who will try to undercut you and your success or take credit for your accomplishments or your fame. Direct blow to Kanye from Taylor. The next day, Kanye goes on Twitter and says, he's like, I call Taylor. We had an hour-long convo about the line, and she thought it was funny and gave her blessing. I'm quoting the at Kanye West account. Dun-dun-dun. This whole thing is, like, simmers for a while. A couple of, like, weeks maybe or, like, a month goes by, and uh, Katie Weaver, who is a wonderful writer, does this amazing profile of Kim Kardashian West, wife of Kanye West, for GQ magazine. And it's all about, like, Kim's fame and how she's, like, aware of everything and how, like, the profile is great. If you haven't read it, like, I like what are you doing with your life? Just pause this right now and go read it. Also some important life hacks in that profile. <laughs> oh, it's so good. But in the profile, kind of out of left field, Kim brings up this Taylor-Kanye situation. And Kim is incensed. Like, she's just outraged. And she says that Taylor was 100% aware of the song, 100% approved the song, and that she knew it was coming out, and that she she's essentially, like, doing it for publicity reasons. The reason that I say that you have to go read the GQ thing is because once GQ reaches out to Taylor's people for confirmation, her publicist once again releases like maybe the funniest celebrity statement. It's that's so like long. Ever. <laughs> it's so long. It's so good. 
but it like essentially ends with the line, Kim Kardashian's claim that Taylor and her team were aware of being recorded is not true, and Taylor cannot understand why Kanye West and now Kim Kardashian will not just leave her alone. <laughs> I think about that once a day. Leave Tay Tay alone. <laughs> so the allegation from Kim was that Taylor is a liar and a scammer, and two, there is video because Kanye is like Beyonce in that he has somebody like filming him at all time for the you know like the documentary about his life receipts for everything too exactly so they have it they have it on there people are all like we don't know who to believe the stories are so different i'm gonna tell you what i don't trust taylor swift i don't trust kanye west (laughs) i trust kim kardashian with my life Everybody was just like, what's going on? Everything is, you know, like everything is confusing. And in the meantime, Taylor Swift launches into that, her Hiddle Swift relationship that just like confuses everyone. Which is like a whole other spiraling like sideshow to this. It was for misdirection. It's because they knew the Kim story was coming. Oh my God. But that's my own conspiracy theory. And I know we don't like to give air to conspiracy theories on this show, so I'll leave it at that. Can I just say how much I hate the word Hiddleswift? Like, I hate it so much. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it sounds like a Harry Potter, like, house or something. It's, like, precious and I don't know. What's the other name for them? Swokey. Swokey. (laughs) Loki and Swift. (laughs) Sorry, I'm, like, I'm dying and this is now everything. (laughs) So I'm not even going to touch those two because they don't deserve airtime on this show. And I just like, I hate liars, and so much. But so anyway, it's like the whole, it's like a couple of weeks pass by, the whole thing dies down. And then on Sunday night, on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, Kim finally just like goes in and she's like, here's what's going on. She's like, first of all, I'm defending Kanye because Kanye has always defended me. And she's like, I hate it when people lie about my family and my husband, you know, like strong moral compass shit. You know, again, repeats this allegation that it was, like, taped and that Taylor is a liar. She's telling Courtney, and Courtney is, like, so bored, but also, like, ugh, I can't believe she did that. But at the same time that that's happening on the show, Kim, on her Twitter all day, has been teasing out this attack. She's like, lays out this trap. At first, she, like, tweets all these snake emojis, and she's like, it's National Snake Day. Then two hours later... It was also National she, like, Ice Cream Day, P.S. <laughs> anyway, go really? on. Really? <laughs> uh, exciting. Um, what are you, a marketer? You know all the days? You know what? I called my dad for his birthday, and he was like, my birthday is on National Ice Cream Day. Aww. Anyway, go on. Total sidebar. Irrelevant. <laughs> Apparently also National Snake Day. Did not mention that. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then two hours later, she releases an update to the Kimoji package that is just an emoji word bubble of the word savage. <laughs> wow. Because Kim has black friends, and she knows. And then, you know, like two hours later, she's like, you guys, are you all following me on Snapchat? Winky face. At this point, family friend of the podcast, Phoebe Connolly, texts me (laughs) in all caps and goes, it's going down on Kim's Snapchat. (laughs) Phoebe is at the RNC. She has a big job. She's like in charge of like many things. But I cannot thank her enough for taking time out of her busy day for this. I go into the Snapchat and proceed to lose oxygen at like every moment. 
Kim has every receipt. First of all, Rick Rubin was sitting in the in the studio with Kanye and Kim. Rick Rubin is like passed out asleep. You know how Rick Rubin is like big important celebrity to me. <laughs> I was I didn't want to fill in that blank. I was gonna let you fill in. I that know. Blank. <laughs> you know, like top top five top five in the spank bank for sure. <laughs> Love Rick Rubin. So it's like I see him like dozing in the corner of the studio and I'm dying. <laughs> I was um, I, I really when I saw that I was like this is just like the cherry on top of this for you, isn't it? Oh my god, and it was like my Olympics. It I know. Insane. Remember that picture I took with Rick Rubin where I was like hounded him for a photo? That's I, the only time I've ever done that with a celebrity ever. I mean, I do remember that. And I, yeah, <laughs> yes. Like I can. Sidebar. <laughs> Sidebar. <laughs> Sidebar. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, so Rick, it's like I see a Rick Rubin and I was like, Kim would never lie and implicate Rick Rubin. Like, who would do that? Nobody. So, anyway, Rick Rubin is there. Kanye and Taylor are talking. It was like the equivalent of that CVS receipt that's like two miles long. Like, that's what she delivered. <laughs> She's like, here's this and here's coupons. Um, Kanye and Taylor talk. You know, it's like the whole thing. It's like her, like, essentially, like, gassing him up. Kanye is using his, like, what I like to call his linked invoice, his customer service voice. Oh, my <laughs> that he uses God. uses with white people. Yeah. The whole thing is going down. But, like, clearly, like, she knew what was going on. My analysis of this is this. Don't say yes to things that you don't actually want to do. If you don't want to do it, just say no. Also, get everything in writing. You know, like... Also... It, like, it's very plausible that she was trying to be friendly, but I was like, now the whole world heard that conversation, and that's not what it sounds like. And also, right, the the at least the... Like, the videos that Kim released do not show her saying, I'm going to need to hear the whole thing before I really sign off. No, totally. Like, they don't show that. But they do show that, like, she was aware. She, like, knew the celebrity implications of it. She definitely says that she's going to talk about the song on the Grammy red carpet. The whole thing, the whole thing is messy. It's like, if you want, I'll like, like the fader posted the transcript of it. And let me tell you, it does not look good. <laughs> so... And to be fair, Taylor did not deny that she had a conversation with him. She denied that, like, uh, she knew that the song was misogynistic. But well, it's all he, about you know, the bitch line, right? Like, it's not about the, like, we might still have sex line, correct? I this know, is the contentious but, like, listen, point. And all of these young girls, everybody is a feminist now when it suits you for your own purposes. It's very rich to me to claim that you are uh, <laughs> that you are humiliated by like one part of the lyric and not the other, and also or be humiliated that now that like you know the Kardashian West have released the transcript. I'm like literally your entire body of work is writing songs about men who can't defend themselves against these allegations, and you're definitely not asking them for permission. Hashtag dear John. <laughs> But also, I'm just like, trust your publicist, man. Like, don't be releasing things. So anyway, now, like, she has posted, uh, Taylor posted a statement on Instagram where she says that she feels violated by being recorded, which, you know, California is a two-party consent state for recording. And so the latest word is that she is going to sue them for posting the phone call. Listen, I'm not a lawyer, but I watch a lot of Law & Order. And there's this thing called shield laws. That <laughs> oh my god! You cannot even. And Kim is doing investigative journalism. I cannot. This is where I. This is where I bow out. She is yeah. projected. She's projected by the shield law. One. She's gonna win a Pulitzer. If you gave Kim twenty minutes with Donald Trump's file, she would like get him out of here for us. I would love like, to see she that. Would figure it out. I would love to see her use the full force of her like formidable skills against Donald Trump. I would love that so much. 
That's it. Okay, so that wraps up that story. But I really want to go back to that person that tweeted at me about whose side you're on and tell you something. First of all, if you're on a celebrity side for anything, you're a fool. Be on your own side. Like, these people are all scammers. And they're all playing on your emotions. Wait, I thought you were on Kim's side. I mean, Kim is separate. <laughs> Factcheck.org. Are you not also, on Kim's side? Also, listen, Kim has Kim has no dog in this bone. Like, this isn't her fight. She just merely provided receipts. Oh, my God. This is away. totally her fight. Please. Come on now. She made um, very clear that Kanye's fight is her fight. And that's, like, the whole point, listen, which I respect. She, 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 listen, she provided a receipt. And to be fair to her, like, what she said she would do is what she did. And obviously, I'm being very tongue-in-cheek and facetious about, like, even being on Kim's side. Like, let's be honest. But I really think that a thing that people don't realize is that, like, both for Kim and for Taylor and for Kanye, like, this is all good. Like, the fact they're fighting publicly and whatever. So, like, don't take this stuff personally on their behalf. Like, these people, that's what their millions of dollars are for, is so that, like, they can handle this stuff. They have, like, teams of people that are working on it. I guarantee you right now that their lawyers are talking to each other. In the couple of weeks, you're going to see an Instagram photo of all of them, and they've all made up and, like, moved on. I have to say that the real benefit, for me anyway, the real beneficiaries of this whole thing are all of us who have been so exhausted by the news cycle to, like, focus on this non-scandal scandal has, like, felt so nice. <laughs> like, as opposed no, to, like, 100%. consuming the so other cathartic. news. Like, we all win. Like, I think that we're, like, like they're clearly on our side, right? Like <laughs> We all win. And then watching, like, Selena Gomez come out and, like, try to defend her friend, and then she, like, did it badly because she's like everybody should use their voice to talk about important things and everybody was like what have you said about Black Lives Matter recently Selena and she was like <laughs> <You know>? oops <laughs> and she's like oops let me delete my tweet and then all of these people you know it's like listen like <laughs> celebrities are like they're gonna be just fine they make enough money that they can handle this heat if they couldn't handle the heat they would not be on social media first of all you know who's not on social media Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie they can't handle like, the heat <laughs> They're, they can't handle the heat, but also they're like, we make a different kind of money than you fools. Like, we don't need to do this. No, they're like, so, we're going to bring the heat to, like, UN testimony as opposed to, like, totally. Twitter. It's like, yeah. I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we're, like, going to rebuild homes in New Orleans. Totally. But, you know, no, it's true. It's like, listen, there is really something to be said about how overexposed all of these people are. And you need to know that they're doing it on purpose. The overexposure is how they get paid. Yep. And so they're playing into it. If they really wanted to be private people, it's like think about like th- some celebrities that you know that like you don't know that they're married or you don't know who they're dating or whatever. It is very possible to do that stuff and not get caught in the crosshairs of paparazzi. So don't get sanctimonious about those of us who enjoy this like late night drama because it's been a long week and uh, we're all t- it's been like a long year and we're all tired. So we'll take what we get, but like don't trust any of these people. Oh, correct. Amen. And we're out. I feel like that's just like, that is the mic drop. We're out. (laughs) Um, out. You can find us many places on the internet on our website, callyourgirlfriend.com. 
You can download Call Your Girlfriend anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts or on iTunes, where we would love it if you left us a review. You can tweet at us at callyrgf or email us, callyrgf at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, ugh, look that up yourself, or on Instagram at callyrgf. You can even leave us a short and sweet voicemail at 714-681-2943. That's 714-681-CYGF. Thank you to our friends at Argo Studio. And uh, this podcast is produced by Gina Delbeck. Gina! (laughs) See you on the internet. See you on the internet.